Press Box with Brad and John. Well, I can't believe it. 92 yards, and Lindsey really got in a foot race. I broke my chair. I came right through a chair, a metal steel chair with about a five-inch cushion. I broke it. The booth came apart. The stadium, well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. The Stonehouse a hole. Sedwell awaiting the snap. The spot. The kick is up. The kick is down. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the coat. Left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks into the end zone, Hunter and Bell caught it, touchdown, 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 with a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead. Now, Brad Sinketh and John Hyde with the Press Box on the Roar. Good morning. Welcome to the Press Box. Brad Singham here with John Hype broadcasting live on this Tuesday, February the 6th, 2024 from the Upcountry Fiber Studios here at the Roar 1055 975 Hope you're having a great week. We're going to keep it rolling here for you through the next three hours. Getting you ready for Super Bowl 58. Getting started on Sunday. Around 6.40 p.m. And a lot to talk about with that game and evaluate. Big game tonight going on in college basketball. The Clemson men's team heads over to Chapel Hill to take on the North Carolina Tar Heels in what's going to be a uh, very, very critical game. Uh, An opportunity, a quad one opportunity, clearly. (laughs) This would rank as a high-level quad one. If If you're ranking quad ones, a victory night for Clemson to... Uh, get back on the right side of things uh, would certainly qualify as a big win. Uh, but there's a lot that has to happen for that to occur. So we'll talk about that throughout the show tonight. Also, South Carolina has a, a big game tonight. It's just, just a lot going on, uh, I think, locally in terms of uh, college basketball. And some, some pivotal games here as we're now fully entrenched in the, uh, you know, down portion heading you know, heading to after this it's it's the the downside of the conference season we'll be on the other end of this as Clemson uh, plays tonight uh, in their 11th game in conference play so we'll talk about all that and get you ready for it that's what's going on uh, in terms of things ahead uh, we've also got some things to review and we'll get to some of that as we go throughout the show today uh, clearly there's a lot going on in terms of the college you know, universe, in terms of what's going on in the um, Dartmouth situation. We'll get into that coming up uh, very soon, plus some NFL news as well. So time for you to get in, though. 654-ROAR is the number on the Adams Coving text line and on the phone lines. Good morning, John. How are you? Doing well, Brad. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. 
trying to, you know, I'm, I'm really having a hard time figuring out what I want to do with uh, the Super Bowl this year in terms of the game, picking it and deciding kind of what are the uh, what are the things to to highlight as we go throughout the week in terms of, you know, just fun stuff, you know, what's going to happen in the game, yeah. pretty, you know, just, just things we normally do for every other football game. I'm having a really hard time with this Super Bowl. This is a tough one. This is a tough nut to crack today. Or this You week. think so? I very much think so. I think there's the easiest of easy plays laying right there in front of you. What is that? You just got to be brave enough to take it. What is that? You're getting Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. I know, I know, and that's... that's I, I, I'm trying to isolate this one game into a bubble, though. You know, like I'm not trying okay. to take into account... A lot of other All things. the other times that he's won in these situations and <laughs> moments. And yeah. how you've said that you cannot make a living if you want to You not can't. Bet. You can't. But then why are so many, allegedly, so many sharp bettors betting the 49ers and keeps pushing the line towards San Francisco? You know, I don't, I don't think we're going to really settle on a three-point spread. I'd be shocked if that happened. But, you know, it came out at like two and a half, and it immediately fell down to one and then it's you know work its way back up toward three although I don't know that we'll actually get to a steady three you might see one every now and again pop up but it just seems like you know the the, this is the typical the public's backing the Chiefs because they're the popular team they're the team they know and the Sharps are all over the 49ers what do you make of that I mean it seems normal and standard I just the way that the Kansas City defense has performed this postseason, matched with the ability to refine the passing game, to be able to get Rasheed Rice coming open, to be able to have what Travis Kelsey has been in this postseason versus what he was in the regular season. I, I just I see a lot of reasons to back the Chiefs here, especially the fact that they're the underdog. You have a coach who has overcome these moments. Who has won in these moments versus a coach who has very famously peed down his leg multiple times in these moments? Man, you are really relying on the historical aspect of this. I just have a the tough trend. time going away from the trends yeah. because of how dominant the Chiefs have been in this era. Then why are the 49ers even favored? Explain I that. Can't, I can't because <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. I think it's because they have the better roster. Yeah, and I think in parts they definitely do. I think they but I also the think that there are more... From 1 to 53, there's more recognizable names on the San Francisco 49ers and on the Chiefs. Now, the yes. Chiefs have the two big ones that the whole country are aware of, but in terms of 1 through 53? Well, just in terms of, of, of talent. Wouldn't you say, if, if you were to list the top 10 players in this game... I think you're going to list more 49ers than you are Chiefs. Yeah, you would. You definitely would. You're going to have Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Bosa. Fred uh, Warner. Oh, definitely Fred Warner. That's six guys right there that probably should be in the in the top ten. You're going to have Mahomes and Kelsey. Yeah. Pacheco maybe. You know, maybe. Jones. Yeah, oh, definitely Chris Jones. Goodness gracious. No, no brainer there. But after that, who's next on the on the Chiefs? I'm drawing a blank on the corner's name. Snead. 
Yeah. He's one of the best cover yeah. corners in the league. I he think is. you got to put him in that in that conversation. But I just think that you, you know, plus I you know, Jimmy Ward. I mean, there's all kinds of talent on that on that defense. Now, I don't know if the defense has lived up to the talent level this year, and there are certainly a lot of concerns. I th- the thing is, there are more concerns. This is why I'm conflicted. I agree with what John's saying, and I understand the the historical aspect and where where things have been trending with the Chiefs for for so long. I I think the 49ers are more talented, but I don't think they're playing well. I don't think they've dominated in the postseason. I think they have gotten away in a couple of games and situations where it easily could have gone. I mean, if Dan Campbell does a couple decisions differently... They're probably out. If yeah, no, if, if he does, if he just goes for a couple field goals there, I mean they they had to overcome a seventeen point deficit at halftime. If the Packers do a couple things differently, if they have one drive that goes halfway decent in the fourth quarter, you know later in the game, they're they might be in this game right now. Who knows? <laughs> no, yeah, that's a very good point. I just think that they've benefited. Not really benefited, but they've they've had some things that that really were out of their control to that didn't they just kind of fell into their lap. That's kind of what happens in the NFC right now, isn't it? But if the you, Eagles made it last year solely on the part that Brock Purdy hurt his elbow and couldn't throw a forward pass. If you're backing San Francisco, you're you're backing the the regular season version. Yeah. And if you're fading the Chiefs, it's because of what you saw in the regular season. And if you're backing the Chiefs, you're backing the playoff version. Yes. <laughs> because the playoff version is way better than the regular season version. And, and normally, I, would, I wouldn't be as willing to jump on the boat with a team that just got hot in the postseason. But this is a team who has won, has won two Super Bowls already under Patrick Mahomes. This is a team and a coaching staff that the core of this group knows how to flip that switch. We just saw them do it a year ago. where We talked all during the regular season how oh, this Chiefs team isn't as good as it's been in years past, except they get in the playoffs and they figure it out. Yeah. The staff has a lot to do with that. I mean, the, the Chiefs just game plan. They don't, they don't game plan to... They, they game plan to win the game, literally. They, that's what yeah. they do. They game plan to win the game, not to try to dominate you. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, what do we do now? They game plan around the game and the situations and what happens counter counterpunch, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I mean, I, just think about it. Would you give the advantage to the Chiefs or the 49ers if you're looking at quarterback? All right. Who are you giving the advantage to? I mean, it's not even. The, the Chiefs, right? There's no one you're going to put up against Mahomes where I'm going to say otherwise. Right. I would give the edge from a coaching standpoint to the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid's a surefire Hall of Famer. Uh, Shanahan could be that at some could point, be. but he's not. He's not. Hadn't right won now. the big game yet. He's not right. Has now. lost plenty of the big game, but hasn't won it. I'm giving the edge to the Chiefs. At the two things that matter the most in the big game, coaching and quarterback play, the Chiefs have the advantage. To another area that really matters. What's what's the one proverbial? Uh, Airy, you have to win this to win the game. The old adage. Win lines of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, you got to win in the trenches. I don't, I just, I, that's the strength of San Francisco. That's what they built their 
their franchise around, but they haven't been very good. Up front. And, and on the on the other side, the Chiefs haven't necessarily built themselves around that, but they've been really good on the lines of scrimmage in this postseason. They have been. And much, look at the way, better. even in the AFC Championship game, they replaced Joe Tooney with a guard that I've never even heard of, and they didn't miss a beat. Yeah. They've been really good up front. They have not. Jones has just been a one-man wrecking machine. They can't. Nobody can block him. Yeah. 49ers allowed, uh, was it 4.1 point, there, there, it was 4 point, um, one point, I think it was 4.1, 4.2 yards per carry in the regular season. It's like over five in the postseason. They're, they're giving about a yard and a half more per carry in the playoffs than they, are, than they did in the regular season. So their line is, their front has not been good. No. <sighs> But I, just, I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I think one of the big issues that they have had in San Francisco in terms of the defensive front is having to replace Cleveland Farrell with Chase Young. Yeah, Chase Young's a, a liability at best. And, and Cleveland Farrell had his <laughs> on, best on a year. Good day. And Cleveland Farrell just finished the best year he's had as a pro. Yeah. He's in that out. defense. Yeah, he's a, a, with an injury. He's out for, the, for year. the season. Yeah. So they, that is a, that is a downgrade. And it's shown, but I mean, both are supposed to overcome that. You know, they're supposed to find ways to, to be better. You know, than than just that one player. I, I mean, you know, you hear all those things, but they have not played well up front necessarily. They their guards have gotten beat to death. Yeah, in uh, up front, they're, they've had trouble protecting Purdy in the middle. He's had to scrim. That's why he. That's why he had all those running. He had fifty rushing yards because the line couldn't protect. And and I'm he sorry, was smart I, enough and athletic enough to. To figure that out very quickly. And I like what Detroit has up front. It ain't Chris Jones. He's going to be pressuring that middle. God, he's so They're going to flush Purdy out of that pocket all night long. So he's going to have to play the secondary play. He's going to have to make the secondary play. Huh. So in a, in a game where the quarterbacks are going to have to make the, the scramble play, the secondary, the improvised play... Who are we going to give the advantage to here, Brad? Uh, Brock Purdy well, or Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, John, you can't, <laughs> you can't really make that argument. No, there's no one you are going to put up against Pat Mahomes that I'm going to take the other guy. Nobody. Nobody currently playing the game of football that I'm going to take the other guy. Uh, it doesn't mean Purdy can't play well. No. I don't, I don't want to act like he's But I'm giving the trash. advantage to the best in the game currently. The thing that worries me, though, about that is that Mahomes has been so clean. And this game is, the NFL, it's really hard to play this clean and make this few mistakes this many times in a row. Like, variants, you know, things are going to work their way back to you at some point. Like, mistakes are, you, are going to happen at Are some you point. factoring in that Kadarius Tony could be available for this game? They're not playing Kadarius Tony. They're, they're not. They're not playing him. They're not putting him out there. If they did, it'd be in like a situational type thing. They're not. There's no chance that guy is in there every snap. They can't, There's no trust there. They got better when he got hurt. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because no, he, he's, was, a, he's a liability. The guy who was making all the mistakes for the offense has been hurt. It just One of the big there. reasons why this offense couldn't get in gear during the regular season is because he had to be, what, wide receiver two? Yeah. <laughs> at times. And that's where Rasheed Rice has come up as come along as of late was because they finally put him on the bench. Yeah. But do you buy that? That Mahomes is, I hate the word, do? No, I don't. 
I just think that... The, not not him, not in this situation where... Brett, we've done this a couple different years now in the Super Bowl. Well, Mahomes is due to have a bad game. No, he's not. But he has not played spectacularly in the playoffs. He is just not making a mistake. Hasn't he's, had to play spectacularly. He's not putting his team in an in a, in a opportunity of, of error. Is that not a growth in his game? That maybe he's taking out some of the, the crazy, whimsical... Running around, he did this year. Crossbody angles, he did this. But year. he's cleaning up the play. I think that's showing growth in his game. And he's not just cleaning up his play in terms of turnovers. It's certain situations. He's just like, okay, I'm just not going to make that decision or that throw and try something here. I'm just going to go get five yards and step out of bounds. I like just the little things and making sure. Like, there was an instance, I don't remember which game it was, instance where they were about to get a penalty, and I think he realized it, and he, he got him out of something to, whether he called it a timeout or something, he got him out of a situation where they were about to be penalized because he saw it. You know, like those those little things, they add up. They add up at this level when you get to the final games. Six five four rule more to come on the roar after this. At Carter Color Company in Clemson, you can get the Benjamin Moore paint that you need to finish any project that you're working on. If it's interior paint you're looking for, we have a great selection of colors and finishes that will complement any room in your home or business. Our Element Guard exterior paint provides protection against wind-driven rain, excessive humidity, and other harsh weather conditions, and with three finishes to choose from. Your home will stand out among the rest. Come see us at 1067 Tiger Boulevard, Clemson, or the web at cartercolor.com. I'm Rick Davis with the Davis Law Group. I'm a proud Clemson alumni from the class of 1981. When folks come to see us, they've generally got a problem of some sort. And we start out by listening. That's what makes the Davis Law Group different. Whether it be a work-related injury, a problem dealing with an insurance company, or a family law issue, you are going to end up having to deal with the judicial system. And it is a journey. So what we try to do is help you find a path forward through that system in a way that you will have a fair result. Contact us today at davis.law. We'll be glad to help. Nothing says I love you like romantic, timeless jewelry. Even better when you can save an extra 20%. Right now at Diamonds Direct, all fashion favorite jewelry is 20% off. That's earrings, bracelets, pendants, bands, colored gemstone jewelry. Get 20% off Diamonds Direct's already unbeatable prices. Special financing, too. Get her something she can enjoy and appreciate for years to come. A fashion favorite from Diamonds Direct. Shop in-store or online at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Just trust me. We've all heard or said these words ourselves at various points. It's going to be great. Just trust me. We say that all the time. And that's basically what I'm saying when you hear me talk about PhD weight loss. I'm just asking you, just trust me. And now the reality is a few of y'all are thinking things like this. Will it be safe? Or, you know, perhaps more commonly, will I fail? Nope. You won't fail because they won't let you. You're not your past. Whatever diet pills or injections you did in the past failed you wanting to drop weight is 80 percent of the battle so you're almost there and the other 20 percent is having an expert on your side a way to keep you on track keeping you on track is what phd does it's the most important thing that they do i want you to think about this think about what not doing phd will do multiply five pounds times five years of doing nothing you're another 25 plus pounds overweight if you don't stop right now and call phd for more info go to the website at myphdweightloss.com the big game is Sunday, and Nick and Mike Bar and Grill is your headquarters in the Clemson area. Enjoy great football, food and drink specials, 10% off their award-winning wings, and beer specials all for the big game between San Fran and KC. 
Nick and Mike and the Best Western Clemson invite you to join them Sunday from the early afternoon through the postgame for the biggest game of the year. Come one, come all from Seneca, Anderson, Six Mile, Pendleton, and Clemson. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill in Clemson's Best Western Hotel. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Roar, knocking down topics like bowling pins. Straight down the middle. No hook, no spin, no fuss. Anything more, and this becomes figure skater. We are The Roar. She said I seen you in here before. Welcome back to The Roar, the press box with Brad and John. Rest in peace. Toby Keith, country music legend, passed away at the age of 62. Lost his battle with stomach cancer and um certainly thought about that this morning when i saw that news said yeah hopefully john will we'll play some toby keith and remember him oh 100 percent. we will be it won't be the only time we'll hear from the great toby keith today good good what a what a legendary name in the music world um loved america no question about that loved america and loved the sinners that's right he was a big ou fan huge ou fan so uh, we, remember, we remember Toby Keith today in his legendary music career. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us. You know, you asked me yesterday, John, uh, could this Super Bowl go horribly, terribly wrong <laughs> to the point where the NFL does not go back to Las Vegas? Well, the answer is already no, and we're still you know several days away from the game because the NFL has already said that Las Vegas has become part of the Super Bowl rotation. Well, there you go. They're not even going to let the game come and go before they make that <laughs> We're decision. not going to let, you know, the nightlife happen or the off-the-field nonsense occur yet. Nope. We're just going to go ahead and sign up for more. I mean, I, I get it. I, I, the amount of money and... It's not surprising at all. No, it, You build it that be. brand new, magnificent stadium right off the strip. I'm not surprised that the NFL wants to utilize that. And there's hotels everywhere. There's... You know, it's a it's a tourism city. It's a design yeah. for tourists. So it just it just makes a lot of sense. They've got the big hotel that looks like a Dorito right now for the media. <laughs> they're, they're rocking and rolling. Uh, this really is not a not a shocker, uh, but this doesn't this in, joins the list of you know like L.A., Miami, New Orleans, where it's going to be next year. Houston's uh, probably in that. Yeah, Santa Clara. They they'll they'll do some. There's more that are a little bit heavier in the rotation than others. Uh, you know, Glendale, Arizona, that's where it was last year. Uh, but I think, you know. Got to have the Super Bowl every five years in Glendale. You, sure. But I, I think Miami, L.A., New Orleans, Tampa, Vegas, they're kind of going to settle into to that that rotation. 
Yeah, they'll, again, there'll be some some one-offs here and there. But so my dreams of the city of Pittsburgh hosting a Super Bowl is probably never going to happen. Uh, n- not unless you build a dome. Probably never going to happen. Not happening. Uh, okay then. Uh, <laughs> you really unless want they're going to put Super a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh? No. Okay. It'd be awful. Everybody's got to stay in West Virginia. <laughs> hey, easy. What? <laughs> Ohio. Ooh. You, you ain't making that commute. Nobody wants to spend that much time on I seventy. That's for sure. So really, this is um, not easy. But I, I just thought it was funny you brought it up yesterday, and they've already said, "Yeah, we're coming back, Vegas, baby." Hadn't even had the game yet, and they're already planning their next Vegas trip. Did you see what Pat Mahomes said yesterday about about this Vegas trip? Uh, no, this is not Vegas vacation, by the way, for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not treating. They're not. They're not going to see the the dam. They're oh, not. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to get any bait. Uh, they're not. <laughs> uh, you know, not going to the buffet. Papa Giorgio's not going to win oh, a, a Nick car. Papa Giorgio, <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, Mahomes said yesterday that this is a business trip, and if they win the game, he's bringing all the boys back to Vegas for a hangover kind of weekend. There you go. I mean that's that's the right way to approach it. Just put make sure you you don't shut the door to the roof. Like make sure you put a stop in there somewhere. Or if you're gonna do that, just leave a note. <laughs> leave a reminder. Uh, but yeah, that's it's all business. You know, they're all staying 15, 20 minutes outside of town and all that stuff. You know, and I'm not that surprised. But and it's another reason why I kind of lean Chiefs in the Super Bowl because they've already won a couple. Most The core of this team has. Obviously, there are some rookies and guys who weren't on last year's team or what have you. But this is a team that they're not going to be overwhelmed by the the week of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't, I don't foresee either team. I mean, honestly, the, the location does not matter for these teams, other than San Francisco doesn't like their practice facilities. But uh, other than that, I, don't, I just don't think it's a big, big deal where the game is actually played. I never felt like that. I mean, I've been to you know multiple national championship sites, and I never felt like either team really cared the city they were in. Well, I, I think it depends on your team, right? It depends on what's important within your building in your organization. I've heard plenty of stories of bowl trips or national titles, or I never heard national titles or Super Bowls or what have you. Of well, not so much maybe now with college football and the national title because you don't have as much time at the site. But when you're there somewhere for a week, yeah, I expect the first couple of days there to be some some nonsense, some tomfoolery, some hanging out on the, the strip a little bit late, what have you. But as we get to the back half of the week, these, these are professionals. These, these are guys on a work trip. They're going to settle in and get into business. Yeah, I mean, if you want to give them you know, a day or two, hey, you can you know, go out, do do something. And then the final. I mean, we've all been on a work trip where there's a happy hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, these guys are on a work trip. Like, they're going to have a little bit of fun at the beginning of the week. But I think as we get into Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, getting into Sunday, some of that stuff will will die down. I think I just think, like I know it happens in Miami when the Super Bowl's there. It happens in Glendale when it's there. It happens in L.A. when yeah. it's there. I also think they try to f- to keep the guys active and busy so they aren't wanting necessarily to gravitate toward other things. Now, you know, come time something goes down, you're done for the day, you're resting your body, you're getting ready for the game, so, you know, maybe you enjoy some things. But, you know, during the day, they're they're trying to wear them out with the press conferences and, you know, practice on a bad turf and all the things oh that come goodness. with that. <laughs> uh, before we get back to the Super Bowl, college basketball last night, there were some 
entertaining games, I think is one way to describe it. Uh, John, in the ACC, I, I, can't, I can't help but notice this. It stands out. It's like a flashing light in front of me. Virginia 60, Miami 38. 38. They scored 17 in the first half. And only 21 in the second. They improved. Still. That is abysmal offensive performance. Or was it just a great performance on D from the Cavs? Well, I think before we even answer those questions, I think it's time to take Virginia serious. I know that I have scoffed at him over the course of this season. We've had numerous conversations about Virginia basketball with Tar Heel Chad on these airwaves. They didn't look great early in the year. But they've won, what, seven in a row? I believe it is now seven. I think you're right, yes. We need to give credit where it's due. And I also think it goes to show... They're 9-3 in conference play. Give credit where it's due. What? This team lost to Notre Dame. Remember how, like, we we think only bad losses happen to, like, just one team in the country. Sure, Nobody yeah. else has bad losses but your team. People think that all the time for whatever yes. reason. They lost to Notre Dame. That should eliminate you from NCAA tournament contention, right? That, that's, that's how that, that kind of game is viewed. Yes. Notre Dame's horrible. What are I mean, they, no, it's viewed as, like, losing to Loyola last year for Clemson or some of those quad four games. Yeah. To give you an analogy, that's exactly what it is. Nine and three and 18 and five overall. They're already got they have 18 wins. The same number as North Carolina. But the Tar Heels get all the love, all the attention. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I give it to them as well. Tar Heel Brad. But the, <laughs> they have more wins than Duke. They have more wins than anybody else in the league. Then they're tied with North Carolina for most total team wins. And nobody has more ACC wins other than North Carolina. And they're a, what, a game and a half behind them. So, yeah, you're right. It's time to acknowledge Virginia. The demise was exaggerated a tad. I'll, we we, I'll, we I'll, never I'll admit that. Really I'll admit exaggerate that. the demise of teams around here. We've never done that. <laughs> I did not think this was a typical Tony Bennett team, and maybe it's really not. They've just well, figured uh, figured it out as you know, you know, things went along. Because teams can get better. They actually can, John. I don't know if you knew that. I think I think they are a typical Tony Bennett team on the defensive side of the ball. Brad, to hold a team like Miami to <laughs> well, thirty eight points. Like Miami, I don't, I don't know. I, I think Miami's had a bad year, but, but there's still point. some offensive talent on that team. They can still score. Brad, we've seen them easily score more than thirty-eight and a half. <laughs> they scored thirty-eight points. I'm sorry, I'm making fun of you today, Miami. I'm laughing, but you scored thirty-eight points. Mm. Virginia won their twenty-third consecutive home game as well. That's, that John uh, Paul Jones Arena is a tough place to go in. NCAA in. leading. Yeah, that's that's best NCAA right now. Uh, seven, Like you said, seven straight games overall. It's the longest active streak in the conference. They're now 14-2 in the Tony Bennett era. I'm sorry, 114-2 in the Tony Bennett era when they allow 50 points or less. Miami scored their fewest points since 1985. And it's the first time... A team scored um, below 40 since 2014. Oh, a Miami team scored below 40 since 2014. Wow. Um, 
Miami shot 28.6% from the field and did not hit a single three-pointer in the second half. They went 0 for 10. 0 for 10? Yeah. Poplar played. Pack played. So it's not like they're banged up and these guys aren't even out there. And they all just missed shot after shot after shot after shot after shot. Yeah. It was really, really bad. Uh, but By the way, John, I, I was wrong on Virginia. I'm not wrong on Miami. In fact, Miami season is effectively about to be over. What makes you say that other than only scoring 38 points in a game? They're 6-6 six and six in conference play. They play North Carolina on Saturday. At home, but still. North Carolina on Saturday. At Clemson on Wednesday of next week. I'd say Clemson's probably going to be pretty doggone hungry for that game. Then they play at Boston College, but then they host Duke on February 21st. So I say by Wait. February 21st, their season's over. Well, it also could be tough because BC may have a football coach by then. They could announce him in the arena, and the place could be could be uh, rocking. They might have one. They better have one by this weekend. Um, I I think I think their season's effectively over because I don't I don't think they're winning. I don't think they're beating North Carolina or Duke. I don't think they're beating Clemson right now. I think Clemson's going to get the, re, the the return game, the revenge game. Yeah, and it's going to be at home. You know, it's going to be in Little John. Uh, they they might they could even lose at BC. So I think I think effectively we've seen the end of Miami. I told you Miami's not making the tournament. That's not happening. Right now, how many tournament teams you think would would get in today? Today, I from, think from it would be ACC. three. Texture's asking on the absorbing T- today. It would be three, but I'm going to predict that it's four when we're done. You think? I think North Virginia Carolina is the fourth. Virginia and Clemson. Yes. Right now. As we said, yeah, okay. that's why I think we'll be the four when we get there. I don't think Virginia's in as of now, based on some of the stuff you talked about with some of the non-con and Notre Dame. But Oh, I think it, Virginia's in right But now. I think if they keep playing this way, yeah, they're going to be in. They're going to make it in. Well, they're, inevitably, they're going to have some sort of like come back to reality kind of situation, right? We'll have to lose a game between now and April. Hey, you don't have to. Clemson baseball didn't last year. That's fair. But you, you would think it's going to happen. Uh, their upcoming games, they've got Florida State at home this weekend on the CW. I'm sorry, it's at Florida State, but it's on the CW. Okay. Then they play Pitt and Wake at home, back-to-back games, and then at Virginia Tech. I, I, I think they're running they're, they're rolling. to 10. I think they're running it to 10. I think they'll beat Florida State, Pitt, and Wake. Yeah, maybe they'll lose to at Virginia Tech. A little rivalry game. Could see that, and then they play North Carolina on February twenty fourth. So I, I think right now, boy, that Virginia's getting in. That Virginia North Carolina game on the twenty fourth is going to be huge in terms of ACC tournament standings mm-hmm. and seating. Who and wins the regular season title? It Not could, the, it could be decided really that game. Oh, it it should be. There'll be only a week after that left, I believe. No, no, I guess two two weeks left. Yeah, yeah two weeks left. After that, well, we're we're entering the part of the year where the calendar gets very confusing for me. Yeah, um, the good news, I guess, if you want to call it that, is, is that Clemson does not have to face UVA in the regular season again. They only played once, so <laughs> yeah. After North Carolina, though, they get Boston College, Duke, Georgia Tech. Could win two out of out of three down the stretch, maybe win the league. Yeah, for the regular season, maybe. It's. I mean, you have to put that on the table if you're Virginia right now. So Virginia going one direction, Miami going a completely different direction. That was the big takeaway from that game last night. 
I'm just floored that they could hold him to 17 points and a half. That's insane. Team missed all 10 of their three-pointers in the second half. Like I said, I, I don't think this is as good as, you know, the Kyle guy and DeAndre Hunter and, you know, the team that won it all offensively. I think defensively this may be as good of a, a team as Tony Bennett's had in a while. Best defense in the country. Again, shocker. It's what they do. Also, last night in the Big 12, we saw Kansas fall 75-70 to Kansas State in overtime. You still got Kansas on your can-win-it-all list, or does this... Yeah, that's, um, I think you give, I'm drawing a blank on the coach's name right now at Kansas State, and I apologize. Um, I think you just chalk that up to a good coach having a good night at home in a big rivalry game. It was an overtime. I'm not really to fade Kansas here because of an overtime loss. I think you're Jerome Tang is who you're. Jerome Tang, thank you. Gosh, I don't know why he was, why his name was escaping me. I think you're right on that. Um, the Big Twelve is weird. Like I just, it, is it as deep as people say? Probably not. But is it? Can games like this happen? Yeah, it's not just cream of the crop only. And I'm not going to completely write them off based on an overtime loss. When look at what they just did to Houston over the weekend. That game was over before it got started. Yeah. Six five four. We'll go straight to the phone lines when we return. Don't go anywhere. We'll be after this, Carolina Top Dressing is your go-to solution for maintaining a healthy and vibrant lawn. With our specialized soil conditioning program, we ensure your grass stays nutritious and healthy. Right now, take advantage of our limited time offer and receive a free lawn aeration when you sign up for our program. Trust us to help your lawn thrive all season long. Visit us now at CarolinaTopDressing.com for your free quote. And as always, go Tigers! The Southeastern Wildlife Exposition, SeaWee, returns to downtown Charleston February 16th through 18th with new and returning special events. Don't miss dock dogs and herding demos at Brittlebank Park, birds of prey flight demos at Marion Square, live animal shows by Jeff Corwin at the Galliard, the sporting showroom at the Charleston Marriott, and so much more. Tickets start at $35. Kids 10 and under are free. Don't miss SeaWee, the wildest time in Charleston. Get your tickets today. Visit SeaWee.com. That's S-E-W-E.com. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, see for yourself why the team at Ralph Hayes Toyota and Anderson has been blocking out the competition for 75 years. PJ Hall here letting you know if you want to stay on top during the regular and postseason, Ralph Hayes Toyota has your next ride. From their certified pre-owned to all their new 2024 Toyotas, South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer welcomes you. Ralph Hayes Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. We wrote the book on price. Ralph Hayes Toyota. Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screened porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. 
Have you ever asked yourself, do I need an estate plan? David Green hears that question almost every day, and the answer is yes. Let David and his team show you why and help you create your personal estate plan to preserve your legacy for your family. Don't put it off another day. Call David Green at 271-7940. That's 271-7940. Or visit greenlaw.legal and begin the journey to secure your legacy. Clemson softball's ready to hit the field for the 2024 season, and the Roar has you covered for their first tournament of the year. We'll have three games live on the Roar, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. Every broadcast will be available as well on ClemsonTigers.com. As we await the Tigers' debut in McWherter Stadium this spring, be sure to catch the debut of the 2024 Clemson softball team right here on the Roar, where every day is game day. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralast brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get in zone, AutoZone. Your home for Clemson women's basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. We're back here live on the Roar, the press box of Brad and John. Thank you for joining us today. I like that. Wish we'd let it play for a while. We got work to do. Six five four roar. You want to get in with us? We'd love to hear from you today. In fact, let's go to Chuck and Taylor's. He is up first today. Hey, Chuck, how are you? I'm doing well, Brad. John, thank y'all for taking my call uh, tonight. Um, personally, I think he needs to play some more zone. I'm not the coach, but I just think that North Carolina is going to push those guards against Clemson's guards. And it's, it should be an inside-out game, I think. But, I mean, I, what do you think that Clemson needs to hit from three? Because I know they live, seems like they live and die from three. For ever how they go on three is how they win games or lose games. And my next question is, um, I just don't want to see it get into the if Clemson's going to get into the tournament, it's going to come down to the ACC tournament like it has for the last few years. You know, their strength of schedule is good enough, I think. I just don't want to see it get into that. It seems like the last few years it's been that way. And I'll take my comments off the air, but I really want to just ask about, do you think he needs to play more zone tonight yeah. against North Carolina? Sure. And I'll let you guys go, and I enjoy your show. Thank, Thank you, you, Chuck. I appreciate the call today. Good stuff. Uh, you know, if, if there is a game where I might consider a little more zone, it's probably North Carolina. Uh, I I would think, John. Now, obviously these two teams played previously this year. Yes. Not that long ago. And so you've got you know the memory bank there but you've also got a lot of advanced scouting that you've already done on that one so it doesn't take as long to prepare for this one but you're adjusting i mean clemson you know i 
I agree with it. And now I'm I'm not the coach. I'm not the one who makes the calls. Uh, I understand that there's people that know a lot more about basketball than me. But I think at least in certain situations, maybe not throughout the entire game, but in certain situations, I do think this team needs to play more zone. I just don't think they're adapt to to man to man defense, especially late in game situations where the other teams you know got to have a bucket kind of thing. I think it's it's too easy to get their their shot with guys like R.J. Davis on the court. I agree we with saw you. That in the first game, I agree with you. Um, I think it needs to be used in spurts, and I think you need to use it in just moments. I don't think it needs to be like the the bulk of the game plan. I think you need to do it in situations, preferably in the second half when they're coming up the court and they think they've got you figured out. And you just throw something completely different at them and give them some pause, right? Just just to present a different look, a few possessions throughout the game, because I, you know, it's. You never want to ask a tiger to change his stripes, right? Like I, I, Brad Brownell is who he is. He runs what he runs. He believes in man-to-man defense through and through, and I respect that about him. He's not going straight. That, that's what I mean. Yeah, he's, we're not we're not going to go G- Jimmy Beheim out here. But I do think in in situations and in spurts, I think it could be very positive for the Tigers to do that tonight. I mean, North Carolina presents so many problems for your defense from. Because you, you can't just say, well, I'll just shut down the guards. Well, there's there's Baycott, you know, there's Ingram. Like You've got to worry about those guys. And you can't say, well, just pack it in. Well, you can't do that because then R.J. Davis is going to get some really good looks. Cormac Ryan is going to get really good looks. So, I mean, they're, that's why they're good, okay? They can beat you Yeah, that's why they're the number three team in the country. Which is why I think zone makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Offensively, if you were Clemson, do you continue to take the same approach of everything goes through P.J. again tonight? Even with Baycott, or are you trying to get some of the perimeter shooting going and trying to space this thing out a little bit? That's a good question. You know, I, I didn't think I didn't think PJ played very well against North Carolina the first go round. He got into some foul trouble. Baycott got into some foul trouble. PJ ended up fouling out, if I remember correctly. I think you're correct on that. And so I think he had a he had a hard time getting into the flow of the game. That's going to dictate it. The problem is if you game plan solely around getting PJ the ball. And then he gets three fouls in the in the first half. Because it's in Chapel Hill. <laughs> Walks in the door, he's got two. So he gets three fouls. I mean, what what do you do then? So yeah, I I, I don't know. I think I think you've got to have a plan and then plan B for if this, this, and this occurs. But yeah, you, your offense should always run through your best player. I'm never in in favor of not getting my best player the ball as much as I can and setting him up in advantageous situations. But that's the key. It's got to be a good situation. But Clemson needs to run their offense through, as as Chuck was saying, an inside-out game would make the most sense here against North Carolina. Challenge their guards a little bit. This is a better defensive North Carolina team than we've seen in a long time. That's probably why they're, they're where they are in the, in the rankings and the metrics and everything else. But I don't... I don't, I don't think their guards are so good that you can't create and force them into some bad situations. But you gotta, you got to attack it the right way. And if P.J. can stay out of foul trouble, I don't know if that's possible. I, I, it's hard for me to see a scenario in a game plan where P.J. Hall isn't saddled with fouls. I agree with you. I'm, I'm not even trying to use like the, you know, Chapel Hill, Tobacco Road, referee. I, I'm just, I just feel like in this kind of physical game where he's going to be challenged by Baycott, by Ingram. Well, that, that's the defense. thing. Those players in that environment 
invite you to play a physical game down low. Yeah, yeah. By, it, by it's nature, quite, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's not so much of the oh the officials are going to call it because it's Chapel Hill. I mean, yes, the jokes are accurate and true, but it's just about what that environment and then what Baker, how he plays the game and how he forces you to respond to it. But also, PJ Hall woke up this morning and got called for a, for a foul. It's it's inevitable. I I just I really hope for the sake of um, everyone's mental health that we're not giving out technical fouls tonight for exchanging the basketball between one team to the other. PJ only played twenty five minutes in the loss to North Carolina Little John. He shot four thirteen, missed all five of his three point attempts, and only went to the foul line. He only shot four. To me, the free throws are more important than the three-pointers. Like, he's got to be able to get to the line. Do you think this is a game where he... Here's the challenge here. You don't want to take the 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 player out of P.J. Like, you don't want to force him to not be something. You know what I mean? But he's not shooting the ball well from three line right now. He's one for his last 12 from the three-point line. I am. I think you have to still create the the look, if you will, because I do think he is still a for his size and the position that he plays, a feared shooter. But I think that needs to be, no one's in your zip code, you're taking that shot right now. I, I just... But you have to pull Baycott away from the basket. You, this is where an advantage of, of Hall being a guy who can step outside will, will force him to extend their defense. You have oh, to I, Yeah, no, you have to still present the look. I'm just having PJ maybe pass it to somebody else when it's time for the shot to go up. Then right North, now from then, three. Then North Carolina won't respect his, his three-point shooting. Which right now I don't know that, that they they do anyway. Kind of my point. <laughs> but but you don't want him to fall in love with being outside because going inside is hard. Because it will be. Baycott's not going to make it easy on you. He's a big boy. He's a grown man. He's not a boy. He is a fully grown, uh, functioning adult at this point in life. <laughs> and so he is going to be extremely physical with PJ in the paint. Absolutely. And he also knows he's at home, and he can probably get away with a few things here and there. It's fine. I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. It's just reality. It is what it is. It's just how the game is played. Stars get the calls, especially at home, especially when they have certain letters across the front of their jersey. We can all recognize and accept it. Okay. Particular shades you don't have of to blue. Like it. You don't have to hate it. You just. It just happens. So certain, I, certain shades of blue get different calls than other shades of colors. That's fine. Can Clemson win if PJ has a game like he did against Duke? Five of 13. Uh, hit two threes. Scored 19 points. Got seven free throws. Yes. They can win tonight without with him getting that line. I think so. He also grabbed 10 boards in that game. That's key. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the big keys for tonight's game is Clemson has to improve on the glass from their game against Virginia. Got to get better on the glass. Got to be way better on the glass. And Shefflin, Shefflin scored a good many points. Shefflin was more active offensively the last game because I think that's kind of what Virginia gave him, maybe. You know, like you got to give away something, you know, especially if you're going to give a lot of attention to P.J. Hall. Right. So maybe Shefflin benefited from that in that in that way. But can Clemson shoot better from the three-point line? Is that the key to tonight? That's the key for every game. I mean, I think I think every team – Times they shoot the three ball well, they usually win. When they shoot it poorly, they usually lose. I mean, Miami missed 10 straight last night in the second half, and they lost and got blown out 60 to 38. How do you get blown out 60 to 38? 
You have 60 points. points. They scored 17 and a half. You gave up 60 points and you got (sighs) routed. All I can think of are the people who have my job with the Miami Basketball Network and trying to think of putting together a halftime highlight package when you have 17 points scored. That's tough. It's really tough. That's a tough highlight package to put together. PJ also needs help from the guards. He needs Hunter and Gerard, not necessarily to make shots, but to be careful with the ball, to make clean passes. You just can't go on the road and turn the ball over. I mean, that's what they did at Duke, and they lost the game. You just cannot play at that play like that against this North Carolina team. They will make you pay. They North Carolina has been, I think, very good and opportunistic. I'll, I'll look the stat up to see. I thought they've been very opportunistic in their in not only forcing turnovers but turning those into fairly easy points. Uh, in fact, let me look and see where they are in turnovers. Uh, yeah, they're not not as high ranking as I thought they would be in turnovers. And, and Clemson has done a good job protecting the basketball. I think, especially as of late. Yeah, uh, outside of the two game, they sure. I'm more worried about shot selection than I am necessarily the turnovers. I don't want to see guys pulling up a three because they think they've got a chance to pull up a three. I want to see good shot selection tonight. I tell you what would be really, really good for Clemson is in Sheffield to have one of those games, he just steals three or four offensive rebounds and gives you a second chance. Because that's, that's one of the ways North Carolina beat you. Teams do not rebound against them offensively. They're eighth in the country in defensive rebounds. They just clean up the glass. They're not getting beat on that end of the court. So you're not getting a lot of second-chance opportunities against them. That's That helps your defense as much as anything else, John. I mean, you, you can be improved and this and that, but if, you don't, if you're not giving teams second chances, your numbers look so much better. Oh, absolutely. I, I think this will be – I think that could happen – if P.J. Hall is going to where Baycott just cannot afford to, to leave P.J. alone, I think that could really clear up some space for Shefflin to, to get some uh, rebounds off the glass there. I think this is a huge game for Shefflin. I think he really is the key for me because not only is he he's going to do everything in this game. He's going to have to off, get offensive rebounds. He's going to have to create some offense in the in the paint, and he's going to have to defend Ingram on the other end or you know, whoever he ends up on. That's, that's a lot to ask for Shefflin, but it just feels like this is a this is his kind of game. It's a huge opportunity for him. If he plays really well, I think Clemson's got a chance. Scored 13 points, shot 4 or 7 from the field, uh, hit 4 or 5 free throws last game against Virginia, played really well, uh, grabbed 9 rebounds. They're going to need something like that, that kind of stat line again, but also some really good D. I, I think if Clemson's going to win, you need to have Ian Shefflin with a double-double tonight. Feels like it, yeah. If he gets sort of lost in the shuffle and you know just can't really find any any real rhythm in the game, then I think Clemson's in real big trouble tonight. I tend to agree. I think you've got to have a second answer down in the paint that opposite P.J. Hall to win a game like this. Do you feel like you can get something out of either Chauncey Wiggins or... R.J. Godfrey, because those guys, those sophomores uh, have disappeared. They so have disappeared. I am not sure, but one of the things I want to see, does Joe Girard's um, shooting improvement from the end of that game the other day against Virginia, will that continue tonight? Would he go four from six from three in that game? Yeah. I would like to see that continue. 
what happened to Godfrey? Last four games, eight minutes, 16 minutes, five minutes, and 11 minutes. Uh, the one where he had 16 minutes against Duke, he scored seven points, went three for six from the field. Since then, or other than that, in, the, in that four-game stretch, 0 for 3, 1 for 1, 1 for 2. So he's just not getting any opportunities anymore. And now he's playing very much more sporadically. Yeah. And when he does come in, it doesn't feel like he's really even... He, they, they used to make it a point early in the season when Godfrey came in, within one or two, two or three possessions, he got the ball in the, in the post and got a chance to do something with it. And now it's like he comes in the game and they don't do that. And what changed? What happened? I don't have the answer. I'm just curious as to the usage of, of it. and and Chauncey Wiggins. Would you call it a shooting slump right now? Uh, yes. Got to get something out of him tonight. More to come. Hour two after this. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 